as Whitney reminded us this morning, as she performed the Magnificat, that Mary did know enough about Jesus to be Savior. And it's our hope and prayer that this Christmas you will as well. It's time to dismiss our first and second graders uh, for a special time that they have of uh, junior church. Uh, These doors over here for the rest of you, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we'll be looking at verses 8 through 20. Thank God for a church with little people, amen? Man, are they cute. And I'm glad they're not coming back to my house. Been there, done that. See y'all. And by the way, if, you, uh, if you're a parent of one of those children, let me encourage you. Make sure you thank uh, the workers. Just go in there and say thanks for giving up a worship service to be there and to love on your child and to fulfill their obligations as family. Um, so uh, make sure you do just express thanks. Hey, it was 10 years ago this Christmas, um, and it was uh, a sermon that was being preached by a pastor, a Christmas sermon. Uh, it was off the coast of West Africa uh, in, in Cape Verde Islands. And as he turned, he asked his congregation to do what I've asked you to do, to turn to Luke 2. And as he turned to Luke 2, uh, he began to read the text. Uh, his text that day was verses 1 through 7. Uh, We're going to look through 8 through 20, but you'll see in a minute the story kind of changed from his plans. So as he starts to read Scripture, within just a few moments, he, he has to pause and emotionally he says, this, this, this just tastes so good. This tastes so good. He resumed his reading of God's Word and he read beyond what was printed in the bulletin. Uh, He read the entire Luke 2 chapter. And as he continued to read, you could start to hear sobs in the congregation. Not only that, there was, uh, they say, a row of teenage girls that with starry-eyed wonder hearing the Christmas story that led to just a a kind of a group hug as they heard the Christmas story. And at the end of the reading of Scripture, there was a spontaneous Amen, Hallelujah! Or in Orangewood's terms, Amen, Hallelujah! One woman who said, I thought I knew the Christmas story by heart, but it was the first time that I heard the Word of God and feel like it washed me, and it feel like it, it cleansed me. And i got to tell you, I, I felt like I heard the story of Christmas for the very first time time and what was it other than the Holy Spirit clearly leading that led to just the reading of Scripture to go from such wonder of a Christian story to such worship of a king named Jesus it was the first time it was the first time that the Christmas story was read in their native tongue Kabu Verdi Anu or something close to that as far as you know And the wonder of the Christmas story became the greatest worship they've ever experienced. 
Because maybe for the first time they heard it in their own tongue. I'm going to attempt to read it in Cabo Verde Anu. No, I'm not. I can't even pronounce the name of the, the, the language. I'm going to read it in, in English. But my hope and prayer is that the wonder of the Christmas story will be empowered by the Holy Spirit that will lead us from wonder to worship. Because that's what the Christmas story is supposed to do. Let's look to God's holy and errant Word that will never lead us astray. And let's read together. I'll read out loud. You read silently. If you don't have your Bibles, uh, the words will appear on the screen behind me. God's Word. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they, had made, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, we ask that the Spirit of Jesus would come into this room in a way that that answers the the question that we just sang to Mary. Did you know? I mean, did you know what was coming forth from your womb? Did you know what you just gave birth to? Did you know? And Father, we ask that the Spirit of Jesus would come here this morning with with such power and, and with such clarity that we would be like that church in Cape Verde where we would hear Your Word and and we would go from from wondering about this story to worshiping Your Son as our Lord and Savior. So Jesus, only You could do this because I don't have the ability of Your words to make this story be anything other than a story that we could wonder at. But Jesus, You came for us not to just wonder, but to worship. So come with power and give us the wisdom that leads us to that manger throne 
and we can surrender our lives. May you receive glory. May we receive joy. We pray in Christ's powerful name. Amen. As we look at this passage, the first thing we want to look at, if you want to follow along in your bulletin, there's an outline for you, is that the Christmas story should really lead us from wonder to worship. And it certainly did for the shepherds. Again, in in verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. This amazingly great story was changing their heart. It's a story that you can't hear and not be amazed at. I mean, one of the wisest men in the 20th century wrote this about Jesus and the Gospels and the Christmas story. One of the wisest men, a name that you're familiar with, he actually penned these words. He said, I'm a Jew, but I'm enthralled by the luminous figure of the Nazarene. No man can read the Gospels without feeling the actual presence of Jesus. His personality pulsates in every word. No myth is filled with such life. Albert Einstein. So what we would look at is one of the wisest men of the 20th century will look at the wonder of Jesus' story, the wonder of Jesus, and something would happen in his life where maybe we could describe it and he's got goosebumps. He read the story and said, man, that's an amazing story. I got goosebumps. But there were wise men who were a lot wiser in a heavenly sense than Albert Einstein some 2,000 years ago who through the wonder of a star that appeared and the wonder of a story of a coming king who would rescue, and that that wonder led them to wander to go find Jesus. And as Matthew tells us in Matthew 2, is that when they came, these wise men came, uh, they found Jesus in His house. And what did they do? They got more than goosebumps. They fell down, not before Mary. They fell down before Jesus and they worshiped Him alone. They poured forth their treasures. That's what wise men do. It's interesting, you know, but what about these shepherds? These shepherds, they weren't astrologists. Uh, they weren't philosophers. I mean, they are, they're shepherds. They're out in their field. But we're going to see that these shepherds had the wisdom too. To come and worship God. Be led there. They were wise enough to turn their wander into worship. Let's look at these shepherds. I mean, shepherds are just kind of minding their own business out in the fields. And all of a sudden, God appears to them. And they're in the midst of the greatest worship service that ever took place. Now, I'm partial about worship because I know I'm the pastor here. And i got to tell you, I have the privilege of going other places. And there's a lot of other places that do amazing worship stuff. But I love ours. To me, if you want to have the best worship on earth, it's right here at Orangewood. You bring the church into this room, the Holy Spirit is here, and it is amazing. But the best effort that we have, our very best Sunday, is nothing compared to what those shepherds experienced. They experienced the greatest worship service that earth has ever known. Can you imagine that amazing wonder? It was heavenly. It truly was heavenly. I mean, angels were there. Heavenly hosts. And the lights. 
It said the glory of the Lord shone all around him. I mean, Gary's amazing up there. And I'm thinking, wow, this place with the lights, it looks so beautiful. And, and what we're able to do to it. Do you know that this is actually a gym? It's a gym. And what we're able to do with all this stuff, I mean, the music. But, but they, had, they had heavenly hosts. And they had lights. I'm like, where did that light come from? I mean, it's shining all around us. It's illuminating all of our darkness. Where is this singing coming from? I mean, the singing, the heavenly posture, the light show. It was so incredible, it terrified them. I mean, it scared them to death. We've had good worship here. Sid, you're supposed to be looking at these. Did you blow these out or did my coat blow it out? Jack. Is it because they're going down too fast? Okay, well, it's ADD. I can't help it, okay? I, I just, uh... We've had some great worship here. But I've never really had God's Spirit here so much. It, it, it's led me to tears. Has it led you to tears? I mean, it's, it's, it's led me speechless before. I, I've stood here and I've, I haven't been able to sing because of the reality of God's presence here. But I've got to tell you, I, I've never really been scared to death. And yet the worship was so heavenly, so divine. It, 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 the light show was so amazing. They were afraid for their lives. And they heard one of the greatest sermons preached by truly an absolutely angelic preacher. And I'm going to preach that sermon right now for you. Some of you are thinking, oh no, please. But listen, here's the sermon. We can find it again in, in Luke 2, verse 10. It's this. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And that's the entire sermon. That was it. It was the greatest sermon that was preached. And as a matter of fact, it seems like the choir was so anxious to sing that they didn't even wait for their cue. And I'm reading a little bit into this, but it seems like hardly the angel could stop preaching. And the choir appears and they have to sing because God's Spirit was there. And I tell you, after a worship service, you know how it is sometimes. You just got to respond, you know? I mean, God's Word had been preached and God's Spirit was here. And the heavenly host, they were there and they could no longer remain silent. They just got to start singing to Jesus. And so they started singing abruptly. And it was this, glory to God in the highest. Listen, God, who He is, deserves glory. But because of God's salvation... Because of God's love for sinners like us. Because God would come and rescue us. It deserves for us to give Him glory in the highest. Because of all the things that God did, and we can look through the Hubble, the Hubble telescope and say amazing things of wonder. Glory to God. We could look into a microscope and see the minute detail and say glory to God. We could go to the Tetons or go to the ocean. We could see God's creation and say glory to God. But when we talk about God rescuing sinners by becoming a man, when we talk about God wearing the robes of our filth so we could wear the robes of His divinity and glory, glory to God in the highest, there's nothing more that brings God more glory than rescuing you. 
and rescuing me. I mean, all the things that the angels have seen, what have the angels seen? Of all the things that the angels could sing about, what could they sing about? They'd never stop. It was our salvation that caused them to say, glory to God in the highest. Because peace is here on earth. And you may not know it, but peace is lying in that manger. The only way for sinful man to have peace with a holy God, he's there. It's pulsating in his veins. He may be wrapped in your rags, but there is peace on earth. Emmanuel has come. He's mighty God. He may not look mighty, but he's mighty God. He is the creator. He is the sustainer. Holding things up right now. All things exist in and through Him. Peace on earth has come. The wonder, the wonder of that reality. But it didn't stay just there. It led to their faith. They said, man, let us go and worship this great God. They just experienced the greatest worship service ever. And here's the good news. And listen, we got to start putting this into our DNA as well. When the worship service is over, the worship is supposed to just begin. Did you hear me? When the worship service is over, the worship is just to begin. So how do these shepherds respond? And it's amazing to me, and I love the conclusion so much I want to jump there, but let's look at a few things before that. How do they respond? And what changes about their lives because of this first Christmas and the greatest worship service ever? And the first thing we must see is this, and I pray to God that each one of you here can have this transition. This wonderful worship service by God's grace produced faith. Faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. How do you say that? Because their wonder turned to worship. Look at what it says in verse 15. Again, he says, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And that's, that's in the perfect tense. It's a past action that has produced a current result. Now listen, we don't want to get lost in the Greek here, but, but what they're saying is this. We believe. They didn't say, let's go to Bethlehem and see if these guys are for real. They didn't say, hey, let's go to Bethlehem and, and let's try to make some sense of this story. And this story is crazy. Let's go to Bethlehem and let's see with our own eyes if this Jesus is real. No, no. Their, their wonder led to worship. And by God's grace, it led to faith. And they said, let's, let's, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's hurry. And let's see what has happened. It's done. God arrived. <laughs> God is here. Emmanuel. Scripture has been fulfilled. And so we have the shepherds who are a lot wiser than we might think because they went from wonder to worship and they worship God immediately. What has been made known to us. Their wonder led to worship. Are you ready for this? Their worship led to obedience. Worship should lead to obedience. In verse 16, they say, and they went with haste they put on their pf flyers they went with haste and they has found what was told to them found mary and joseph and the baby lying in the manger worship should always lead to obedience and i love the fact that they said 
and it should be done quickly. If God prompts you to do something, do it immediately. I have so many filters to hear and try to figure out. You know, he hasn't come to me as clearly as these shepherds. It's been only through his spirit, through his word. And sometimes I'm thinking, was that something I ate? Or was, is, God, is God asking me to do that? Is God, is God calling me to do this? Let me tell you something. If you, if you prayed about something and something's on your heart, even this Christmas season, worship him in obedience and do it quickly. Your flesh will snuff it out. Worship God immediately. What has God put on your heart this Christmas that you are to do in worshiping him in obedience? Maybe it's, maybe it's making cookies for a neighbor you don't really like. Maybe it's just pick up the phone and, and extending peace to someone who doesn't deserve it. Maybe it's some kind of reconciliation at your job, or maybe it's a, a new attempt at your marriage. I don't know. But I know this, the Spirit of God's working in your heart, and what's He laying on your heart to do? Do it quickly. I met Kay last Sunday. I never met her before. I met Kay through a friend whose wife passed away of cancer about a year ago that I had a privilege of meeting. And walking through that valley of shadow of death with that family, they're not Orangewood members. And he called me, said a neighbor a couple doors down uh, was, was dying. And Kay's story, I mean, she's walking, she's a beautiful lady and uh, radiant in the shadow of the valley of death in her life, dying of cancer. Her husband died November 5th. If he lasted to the 19th, they would have had 55 years together. You know, I, I want you to know, it's, 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 it's intimidating because to walk into those situations, it's intimidating for me. But God placed it on my heart to go. And, and she told me the story. She said, uh, you know, when I was a young kid, I walked the aisle and I walked the aisle and gave my life to Christ. And I really felt like God was calling me to surrender my life to him and I believe she knew him, but there was some regret that, that from she was 12 to where she is now, that God kind of prompted her to something, and life got in the way. What's God prompting you to do in obedience? Worship should lead to obedience. Wonder to worship. Worship to obedience. Worship should lead to witnessing. Verses 17 and 18 Again, you have the first ambassadors, the first storytellers. And when they saw it, they had made known. They saw Jesus, they had made known. These shepherds, the sayings had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told to them. Here, what did the shepherds have to make known? Did the shepherds have to make known what Scripture says? Did the shepherds have to make known what the Old Testament said? Did the shepherds have to go with a degree that they did not contain? Did the shepherds have to go with theological precision because they're going to be the first storytellers? Do you know what the shepherds had to tell? You ready for this? What had been told to them? (laughs) Let me ask you a question, Orangewood. Can you tell what has been told to you? Now, God's not asking you to tell things you don't know or things you haven't experienced, then some of us should be probably a little uncomfortable that we don't know more because we have God's Word before us. But here's the beauty of what God wants to do because worship to lead to witnessing. God wants you and me to be His storytellers and He just wants us to share what we know. <laughs> that I can do. 
That I can do. I can share with those around me what I know. And here's the beautiful thing. I can say a lot of things. I don't know. I don't know how that happened. I have no idea. Man, it took me eight years to get through seminary. What are you asking me for? That was a funny joke. You should have responded a little bit better than that. Are you telling what God has revealed to you? It's amazing that most of us don't. I think it's amazing because I think that there's fear that, that, that the flesh or the world wants to say, you don't know enough of the story. You're not good enough a storyteller. You don't know all the details. You haven't been able to validate if this is all true yet. So don't really tell it because you're not really a good t- storyteller. Let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters, that is a lie from the pit of hell. And it's the enemy who wants to just take this amazing story of God rescuing you and not giving you the grace and the ability to go tell others. We're his ambassadors. We're his storytellers. Worship should lead to witness. Go and tell what God has made known to you. That's all you got to do. Pretty, pretty amazing stuff. I met Jerry this week, and that's not his name. I'm changing his name, but... I got a call, and it was uh, uh, from Maitland Fire Rescue folks, and they just had a really tough call. And Jerry was just coming off of some time away because he just had a really tough call. And the first day back, can you believe it? First day back, he's dealt with a life and death situation, 36-year-old mom, pregnant, doesn't make it. Husband appears on the scene. He's got to tell him. And somehow God has called me to go show up and talk to him. I want you to know it's way beyond my pay grade. And I want you to know that just like you, just like you witnessing to your, to your neighbor or to that person at work or to that aunt that just drives you nuts who's so irreverent, I was scared and I'm nervous and I can't believe it that God is calling me there as he's calling you into people's lives. And you know the beauty is, just go tell him what I've told you. Just go remind him. You don't have to go as Joe Counselor. You don't have to go as Joe. Just go as Jeff. Because I want you to go and love him. Listen, there's Jerry's in your life. There, there, there's, there's people in your life. There's K's in your life that got to hear the story. Just go tell him. Because worship should lead to witness. Worship needs to be progressive in verse 19. And we're going to jump away from the shepherds just for a minute. We're going to look to Mary um, because Mary's got a point in here where she tells us about worship. And look again at verse 19. But Mary, as she heard this stuff and and she treasured up all these things. And we're going to look at the word treasure. And she, she pondered them in her hearts. There's two things that we learn from Mary. That she did two things when she heard the good news of Jesus and when she heard the good news of her own child being born to her. She stored them up in her mind. She treasured them up. And here's the Greek. I spent a lot of time this week looking trying to parse these words. What does it mean? They're kind of a little bit odd words, to be honest with you. It means this, that she, she preserved what she heard against harm or ruin. Isn't that, isn't that kind of beautiful? I mean, she heard this amazing Christian Christmas story about her own son, and she was going to preserve them from harm or from ruin. And how is she going to do that? It's basically she's storing them in her mind. She's saying, I can't forget... I, I just can't forget what God has done. I gotta, I gotta make this imprint on my mind. But not only that, she engages, it says engages her heart. It, she pondered it. 
And the Greek word there is really it, it was thrown together. Literally means thrown together. And what does that mean that she threw that together? She took what she heard from the shepherds and she threw it together, what she heard from Gabriel, and she threw it together with what she heard from God's Word. And Mary only knew what she knew. Mary, did you know? But when she got to God's Word and when she heard this good news, she put it all together. Because why? Because worship needs to be progressive. We shouldn't stay. The Christmas story should be more fresh this year than it was last year. It should be more wonderful this year than it was last year. Our life should be more Christ-like than they were last year. We should be progressing as we head home looking more like Jesus. Worship, store these things up, memorize them, and put them on your brain. And, and don't forget. Why? Because we wander, don't we? I mean, I, I know I do. How prone are you to go from wonder to worship, to wander, wander. I know I am. It's amazing. We're going to leave here. We're going to, we've had a great worship service, and the question is, are you going to wander? Store these things up. Store God's Word. Hide it in your heart. Take this Christmas story and, and make it cumulative. Make, add it in. Jesus, bring up the truth. Let me, let me make sure there's some refinement here. And lastly, this is, this is what I got so excited about. You ready for this? Worship needs to be contextualized. In verse 20, worship needs to be contextualized. Listen to this. And the shepherds returned. There should be a thump that someone fell over. Are you kidding me? The shepherds returned? I mean, there they were. I mean, there they were in Jesus' presence. They just had the most amazing worship service, and they respond out of obedience. They go and see what has been done, and now they're going to return. But they return, but they're different people. How are they now returning? They're returning glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen and had been told to them. The shepherds returned. You ready for this? The shepherds went back to the sheep. Somebody asked him. The shepherds went back to the mundane. I'm 45 and I'm just realizing that it's the mundane sometimes that kills me. I mean, I'm 45 and sometimes life can be boring. How can it be boring? It's the mundane that sometimes kills us, doesn't it? It's amazing. The shepherds went back to sheep. Routine. Mundane. And see, but we got to see that this is God's amazing, mysterious way of telling the Christmas story. Listen, God is calling you and me to praise Him and glorify Him right in our life situation, right in our context, right in your school, right in your family, right in your job, right in the mundane, the exciting, wherever it is, God is calling you to go be a storyteller there. He's ordained it for you. He's called you for that. And now He's saying, go, Go, but when you go, go praising and glorifying me. It may seem like mundane. It's not mundane. You're, you're, man, I made you holy. I brought back common ground. We're together. Go and tell the story. Go tell what you know. And as you go, go glorifying me.
Maybe just around your dining room table. Just around your dining room table, glorify and praise me. Tell the story to your kids. For those of you who are single, tell the story to those around you. To those of you who are young, tell the story to your classmates. If by God's grace the Christmas story has gone from wonder wonder to worship, it's to be contextualized. God has made you His child to tell His story right where you are. You're the only one who can do it. What does it look like for you to leave here glorifying and praising God today? What does it look like? What does it look like for you to take the Christmas story with you as you go? How can your worship lead to obedience this week? What does God put on your heart? There's something. There's something you know the Holy Spirit's tugging at you. Do it in haste. To whom will your worship of God lead you to witness to, to this week? To whom will your worship of God lead you to witness to? And listen, the best way to do it is just show them. Tell them the story of Jesus. And if necessary, use words. Maybe for some it might be something as scary as, will you come to Christmas Eve service? I don't know what it looks like for you, but how will worship lead to witnessing? How will you, this week, contextualize the Christmas story? What will it look like in your life for you to take this amazing truth and contextualize it in a way that changes the way you live your life until we see you next week? Because that's what the story is supposed to do. It's supposed to jump off the page from wonder to worship. Let's pray. Father God, I, I, I just feel the Holy Spirit having me pray just to say thank you for your patience with us. Because oftentimes the story goes from wonder to a little bit of worship to a lot of it of wonder. And amazingly, Jesus, that you came to rescue us, but you're still here to rescue us. Your spirit still is hunting us down, saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Man, yeah, be filled with wonder, but man, it should lead to worship. Contextualize it. Right where you are, tell the story. Tell what you know. And see what I do with this good news of great joy. God, change my heart. Change this congregation with this good news of great joy. May truly our wonder lead to worship Jesus as King. It's in His name we pray. Amen.